0: Chapter Fourteen of The Guest of Quexney by Booth Tarkington. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Ferrari. Chapter Fourteen. Ha! These philosophers," said the professor, expanding in discourse a little later. "These dreamy people who talk of the spirit—they tell you that spirit is abstract." he waved his great hand in a sweeping semicircle which carried it out of our orange candlelight and freckled it with a cold moonshine which sieved through the loosened screen of honeysuckle ha the folly what do you say it is i asked moving so that the smoke of my cigar should not drift toward oliver who sat looking out into the garden i my friend i do not say that it is but all such things they are only a question of names and when i use the word spirit i mean identity universal identity if you like it is what we all are yes and those flowers too but the spirit of the flowers is not what you smell nor what you see that looks so pretty it is the flowers themselves. yet all spirit is only one spirit and one spirit is all spirit and if you tell me this is pantheism. i will tell you that you do not understand i don't tell you that said i neither do i understand nor that big keredec either whereupon he loosed the rolling thunder of his laughter nor any brain born of the monkey people but this world is full of proof that everything that exists is all one thing and it is the instinct of that which when it draws us together which makes what we call love even those wicked devils of egoism in our inside is only love which grows too long the wrong way like the finger-nails of the chinese empress young love is a little sprout of universal unity when the young people begin to feel it they are not abstract ha huh? and the young man when he selects he chooses one being from all the others to mean just for him all that great universe of which he is a part this was wandering whimsically far afield but as i caught the good-humoured flicker of the professor's glance at our companion i thought i saw a purpose in his deviation saffron turned toward him wonderingly his unconscious eager look remarkably emphasised and brightened all such things are most strange great mysteries "'continued the professor. "'For when a man has made the selection, "'that being does become all the universe, "'and for him there is nothing else at all, "'nothing else anywhere.' "'Saffron's cheeks and temples were flushed "'as they had been when I had saw him "'returning that afternoon, "'and his eyes were wide, fixed upon Keredec "'in a stare of utter amazement. "'Yes, that is true,' he said slowly. "'How did you know?' keredec returned his look with an attentive scrutiny and made some exclamation under his breath which i did not catch but there was no mistaking his high good humor bravo he shouted rising and clapping the other upon the shoulder you will soon cure my rheumatism if you ask me questions like that ho 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 he threw back his head and let the mighty salvos forth ho 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 how do i know the young always they believe they are the only ones who were ever young ho 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 come we shall make those lessons very easy to-night come my friend how could that big old keredec know of such things he is too old too foolish ho, ho ho as he went up the steps the courtyard reverberating again to his laughter his arm resting on saffron's shoulders but not so heavily as usual the door of their salon closed upon them and for a while keredec's voice could be heard booming cheerfully it ended in another burst of laughter a moment later saffron opened the door and called to me here i answered from my veranda where i had just lighted my second cigar no more work to-night all finished he cried jubilantly springing down the steps i'm coming to have a talk with you amity had removed the candles the moon had withdrawn in fear of a turbulent mob of clouds rioting into our sky from seaward the air smelled of imminent rain and it was so dark that i could see my visitor only as a vague tall shape but a happy excitement vibrated in his rich voice and his step on the graveled path was light and exultant i won't sit down he said i'll walk up and down in front of the veranda if it doesn't make you nervous for answer i merely laughed and he laughed too in genial response continuing gaily oh it's all so different with me everything is that blind feeling i told you of it's all gone i must have been very babyish the other day i don't think i could feel like that again it used to seem to me that i lived penned up in a circle of blank stone walls i couldn't see over the top for myself at all the now-and-then Keredec would boost me up and let me get a little glimmer of the country road about, but never long enough to see what it was really like. But it's not so now. Ah! He drew a long breath. I'd like to run. I think I could run all the way to the top of a pretty fair-sized mountain tonight. And then, he laughed, jump off and ride on the clouds. I know how it that is, I responded at least i did know a few years ago everything is a jumble with me he went on happily in a confidential tone yet it's a heavenly kind of jumble i can't put anything into words i don't think very well yet though keredec is trying to teach me my thoughts don't run in order and this that's happened seems to make them wilder Queer. he stopped short what has happened he paused in his sentry go facing me and answered in a low voice i've seen her again yes i know she told me you knew it he said that she had told you yes but that's not all he said his voice rising a little i saw her again the day after she told you you did i murmured oh i tell myself that it's a dream he cried that it can't be true for it has been every day since then that's why i haven't joined you in the woods i have been with her walking with her listening to her looking at her always feeling that it must be unreal and that i must try not to wake up she has been so kind so wonderfully beautifully kind to me she has met you i asked thinking ruefully of george ward now on the high seas in the pleasant company of old hopes renewed she has let me meet her and to-day we lunched at the inn at Deve, and then we walked by the sea all afternoon she gave me the whole day the whole day you see he began to pace again you see i was right and you were wrong she wasn't offended she was glad that i couldn't help speaking to her she has said so do you think i interrupted that she would wish you to tell me this ah she likes you he said so heartily and appearing meanwhile so satisfied with the completeness of his reply that i was fain to take some satisfaction in it myself what i wanted most to say to you he went on is this you remember you promised to tell me whatever you could learn about her and about her husband i remember it's different now i don't want you to he said I want only to know what she tells me herself. She has told me very little, but I know when the time comes she will tell me everything. But I wouldn't hasten it. I wouldn't have anything changed from just this. You mean? I mean the way it is. If I could hope to see her every day, to be in the woods with her or down by the shore. Oh, I don't want to know anything but that. No doubt you have told her i ventured a good deal about yourself and was instantly ashamed of myself i suppose i spoke out of a sense of protest against mrs Harmon's strange lack of conventionality against so charming a lady's losing her head as completely as she seemed to have lost hers and it may have been too out of a feeling of jealousy for poor george possibly even out of a little feeling of the same sort on my own account but i couldn't have said it except for the darkness and as i say i was instantly ashamed it does not whiten my guilt that the shaft did not reach him i've told her all i know he said readily and the unconscious pathos of the answer smote me and all that keredec has let me know you see i haven't but do you think i interrupted quickly anxious in my remorse to divert him from that channel do you think professor keredec would approve if he knew i think he would he responded slowly pausing in his walk again i have a feeling that perhaps he does know and yet i have been afraid to tell him afraid he might try to stop me keep me from going to wait for her but he has a strange way of knowing things i think he knows everything in the world i have felt to-night that he knows this and it's very strange but i-well what was it that made him so glad the light is still burning in his room i said quietly you mean that i ought to tell him his voice rose a little he's done a good deal for you hasn't he i suggested and even if he does know he might like to hear it from you you're right i'll tell him tonight this came with sudden decision but with less than mark what followed but he can't stop me now. No one on earth shall do that, except Madame Diamant herself. No one. "'I won't quarrel with that,' I said dryly, throwing away my cigar, which had gone out long before. He hesitated, and then I saw his hand groping toward me in the darkness, and, rising, I gave him mine. "'Good night,' he said, and shook my hand as the first sputterings of the coming rain began to patter on the roof of the pavilion i'm glad to tell him i'm glad to have told you ah but isn't this he cried a happy world turning he ran to the gallery steps at last i'm glad he called back over his shoulder i'm glad that i was born a gust of wind blew furiously into the courtyard at that instant and i heard his voice indistinctly but i thought Though I might have been mistaken, that I caught a final word, and that it was again End of Chapter fourteen